Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. We had some news come down in the NFL here on Tuesday. I know everyone is all locked into the NCAA tournament, but yeah, we had some football news here. Uh, Randy Gregory was going to go back to the Dallas Cowboys, but instead agrees to a contract with the Denver Broncos. So that probably means that Von Miller is not going to go back to the Denver Broncos. So everyone keep an eye on where Von Miller is going to play next season. Tyrod Taylor is going to the New York Giants for a two-year contract. He'll presumably back up Daniel Jones, maybe compete for the starting job. Who knows? Uh, And then the Browns met with Deshaun Watson. And after that meeting happened, Baker Mayfield decided to post a letter on social media. Quote, with many uncertainties, here is where my head and heart is. The past four years have been nothing short of truly life-changing since I heard my name called in the draft to go to Cleveland. This is not a message with a hidden meaning. This is strictly to thank the city of Cleveland for embracing my family and me. We have made many memories and shared growing in this process through all the ups and downs. I have no clue what happens next, which is the meaning behind the silence I have had during the duration of this process. I can only control what I can, which is trusting in God's plan throughout this process. I've given this franchise everything I have. That is something I've always done at every stage and at every level, and that will not change wherever I take my next snap. Whatever happens, I just want to say thank you to the fans who truly embraced who I am and the mentality that aligns so well with this city's hardworking people. Cleveland will always be part of Emily and my story, and we will always be thankful for the impact it has had and will have in our lives. Sincerely, Baker Reagan Mayfield. End quote. Dude. Dude. Bro. You need a hug? What do what what are you doing? You're simping, dude. Right? <laughs> what the what is Baker doing? He is right like okay, the Browns met with Deshaun Watson. Doesn't mean that there's gonna be a deal that's done. Doesn't mean that there's gonna be a trade, whatever. But Baker writing that message is like I He says there's no hitting meaning behind it. Yeah, it is. Dude, you think you're out of town. You don't write that message unless you think your career there is over. Or you're trying to make your team feel bad. It's like That's what you're doing. It's like, I I don't know. I'm trying to think of an analogy here. 
your significant other uh, says that she needs a little space. So rather than, you know, give her your space, you start writing notes and, and whatever about your relationship and, and, and everything. That's not the way to win her back, bro. You know, like <laughs> this is just, I was, I was shocked when I saw this. I read this message and I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, what, what? Okay. So I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with um, Baker and this team. General manager Andrew Berry, head coach Kevin Stefanski publicly have said that Baker Mayfield is going to be their quarterback. That was the quote. Baker Mayfield is going to be our quarterback. Uh, we are fully, the quote was, quote, we fully expect Baker to be our starter and bounce back. So, uh, I... Would you think that maybe after this uh, this note that he writes that he's not going to be on this team? And and does it show? I mean, lack of mental toughness or or whatever you want to say. I just this this note just rubbed me the wrong way. No reason to write it, dude. Absolutely no reason to write to write this note until you're traded away from the team. That's when you write this note. You take out an ad in the paper and you thank the fans and you thank the city. This is a desperate plea to remain with the team. That's what this is. Like, I love it here. This place is so special to me. Please don't let me go. We can make it work. I promise I'll be better. Please don't go. Oof. Anywho... That was the NFL story that went down here on Tuesday. You also had some Major League Baseball news. Lots. Well, not lots, but some interesting Major League Baseball news. Uh, You have Anthony Rizzo going back to the Yankees, which I think is a good move for the Yankees, but a lot of Yankee fans uh, pretty upset that the team did not go out there and bring in the elite of the elite, right? They make they, they need a shortstop. They don't go after Correa. They need a first baseman. They don't go after Freddie Freeman. Instead, they re-sign Anthony Rizzo. They make the trade with the Twins to bring in Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, uh, who was formerly with the Rangers. I think the Yankees did fine. And, you know, you have... Okay, they, they're being fiscally responsible. They're going to have to pay Aaron Judge a boatload of money. And I know the Yankees have just the, their own printing press, right? But still, the luxury tax threshold is is a real thing. And pretty soon, teams, that they're going to have to pay upwards close to 100%, if not 100%, on the luxury tax. So they're, they're being fiscally responsible. And these players are still very good players. Um, so now we find out. We wait to see what's going to happen with Freddie Freeman, and you look across baseball, uh, and I, I I can't wait. I can't wait for Thursday, spring training. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait for it. Um, but this thing, speaking of the Yankees, this uh, vaccination requirement is going to help, or it's going to hurt the Yankees like it's doing with Kyrie Irving and the Nets. 
And Aaron Judge could potentially miss 92 games if that is the case and this does not get repealed. Okay? On Tuesday, New York City confirmed Yankees and Mets players fall under the same provisions as everybody else that you cannot work in New York City without being vaccinated. Mandates are subject to change, but no individual exemptions will be given. It's the same situation happening with Kyrie Irving, okay? And there's no outdoor exemption. You see, that was the thing, right? Yankees and Mets play outdoors. There's no outdoor exemption because the bulk of a player's time, whether it's training, recovery, meetings, film study, cage work, all, you know, indoors, there's a lot of, and mostly it's all indoors with the exception of, you know, outdoor batting practice and practice on the field and games. There's been uh, speculation of, well, who's unvaccinated, but Aaron Judge is the guy who gave an answer at a press conference that made it seem like he is unvaccinated. And if he is unvaccinated, Aaron Judge will miss 92 games for the Yankees. Let me tell you something. They are fast at work. Yankees president Randy Levine was already meeting with city officials on Tuesday. And this organization has enough influence that they can get policy changed. And I would be shocked to see it not happen before the start of the season. I wish there was some movement in the odds because then I would jump in on the Yankees, but there hasn't been any movement, much like there really wasn't any movement with the Brooklyn Nets, right? They still were the favorites to win the NBA title. They were the favorites to win the Eastern Conference, and everyone just kept it there thinking, all right, well, Kyrie's eventually going to come back and and all that stuff, So, uh, or he's eventually going to be allowed to play, so that didn't change. I was checking today to see if any movement happened on the Yankees' odds to win with the presumption that Aaron Judge is not going to play 92 games but no, they're still the second favorite to win the World Series behind the Dodgers. The number has not changed, and so no uh, no move for me. But if it did go lower, I would jump in on the Yankees because I do believe that this thing gets completely you know, erased by the time we get to opening day, which is about a month away. So that's what I think is going to happen. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up next, uh, the guys from the Sports Gambling Podcast will join me in studio. Uh, Ryan Kramer, Sean Green, we will talk all things NCAA tournament. There's a lot to get into when it comes to the tourney because there are some trends that I think we can pick up on when it comes to these games. One, One of these trends I talked about a little bit last night, and it's the first half unders. And I know that this, I know for a fact that this is something that the uh, SGP guys have been on over the past couple of years. Just for reference, 
first round and play in games over the last two years. Our friend Mackenzie Rivers tweeting this out. Seven overs, one push, 29 unders. We'll talk more about that coming up next. This is The Look Ahead here on Visa. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Get everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24 7 streaming, daily best bet emails, and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game in every round of the tournament. Get analysis from our experts, including Greg Hoops-Peterson, Matt Humans, Jonathan Von Tobel, Tim Murray. They'll have insights on every key team conference and player to watch from the favorites to the potential Cinderella's. Sign up today and get the betting guide plus full access to VSIN through April 5th for only $19 at vsin.com slash badness. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, joined in studio by Ryan Kramer, Sean Green, the guys from the Sports Gambling Podcast, the SGP guys, Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and March Madness. It's an amazing time of the year, right? That's why you guys are here in town for the NCAA tournament. And I just teased before the break the amazing trend that you guys have been all over. Because yes. I've seen it on your pages. I've seen it on the, the videos. It's it's been the talk of your your analysis <laughs> for the NCAA tournament. First half unders. With both first half unders hitting here in the play-in games in Dayton on Tuesday, it is now 28-7-3 going back to last season's tournament. This is an unbelievable run. Uh, last year, we really leaned in, and we, we thought, you know, maybe it can, it can do something special 65%. Who knows? It comes in at 79%. <laughs> the heat continues. We got a nice sweat on the first one. Oh came my God. down that to the one, wire. Yeah, the, the the first first half under, it looked like it was cooked early on. They got off to such a hot start. And then it was hanging around. They had a fast break. The the over-under, I think it was 63, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, 62 total points in the first half. They had a breakaway. Uh, missed it, no foul call, and yeah. uh, it, this is March. It's amazing. What, it, better, what better to root for unders? Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, and and there's look, there's a reasonable philosophy behind it, right? Yeah, they're playing on rims that they're not familiar with. Yep. Right. So there's going to be some adjustment period, rough shooting. Some of these arenas, they're not used to the sight lines yep. with the depth perception. Uh, we know it's more of an issue when they play in the Final Four in the big football stadiums, but some of these teams. They come from small gyms, yeah. and then now they're playing in NBA arenas where the sight lines are a little different. Plus, it's the tournament. You yeah. got to play defense. Yeah. You got to come out. You know, feel each other out. It's like a fight. It's like a fight where you come out, you jab a little bit, you dance yeah. around, and you don't really throw the haymakers until later in later rounds. And it seems so simplistic to because <laughs> it's it's not it's a layman's take on what's going to happen, and yet. It's been overly successful. I mean, going all the way back to 2011 when, when they expanded to 36 uh, first round games, if you include the play-in games, we're looking at 58 and change percent. Wow. That, that's a, that, you know, that's a profitable long-term trend. And again, insanely simple. Yeah. 
insane. Yeah, and, so. and it's one of those it's one of those trends where the data backs it up. But again, to your point, like, hey, it's it just kind of makes sense. You're gonna be a little tight. You know, the guys on Colgate uh, probably haven't gotten a lot of national attention. Probably mm-hmm. not on a lot of ESPN games. They know everyone's watching. If you've ever played basketball, you're a little tight, you're a little tense, <laughs> and it makes sense. They're gonna miss a couple extra. Where do you guys fall on second half overs then? Because we know that obviously with the fouls late in the game, you always have the potential for eight points in the final yeah. closing seconds that you wouldn't wouldn't have had in a normal game. So let's say if a number closes at like 131, you're sitting here at 122, 123. You think you're dead. All of a sudden, free throws made. The other team comes down, makes a layup. They foul again. You get two more free throws. So have, how do you guys play these second half totals? I mean, it, it does seem like it's something we should dive into, especially when the first half under mm-hmm. hits. Uh, but man, it's it's just an, it, it's a savagery form of betting because it comes down to the end, and it's not just the free throws; it's the reckless play. It's the hey, we've never practiced against the press before. It's the you know they're going to miss their free throws. So <laughs> I, yeah, and I, they don't call it undertime, right? I yes. mean, there's a chance you get extra minutes, and if you watch some of the conference tournaments or just games leading up to it, hey, you you yeah. get that nice little cushion on overtime as well. Yeah, I kind of like you know maybe if if we're betting first half unders, the first half under hits. Maybe take a look at the second half yes. over if you get an adjusted line. Obviously, yeah. if you see something that's kind of similar to what See, this would is have what this is what's great about sports yeah. gambling. We're hitting a trend at 58% and we're looking to go, what can we do to improve? <laughs> yeah, what no, can we yeah. do to get it's 58 pretty good. It's never, but come on. Listen, like let's uh, what, uh, what other angles a, on top of this? A, a famous handicapper uh, once told me that you can, the, 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 the quote was you can never win enough to satisfy the demand. Yeah. <laughs> that there will always be somebody <laughs> coming in at the end of a winning streak. Yeah. yeah. Right? You can win 99 games in a row. You lose game number 100, you're the enemy. Yeah. Yeah. You can never. Exactly. <laughs> and every time that you win, it's not good enough that you won. Yeah. They always want to know what's the next pick. <laughs> yeah. Should so we parlay that? Never win enough to supply the demand. Well, last year after it went seventy nine percent, immediately guys are like, "So are we doing this for the second round?" Yeah. <laughs> what about conference tournaments? Hey, uh, CI, we're getting a lot of questions about the NIT, NIT yeah. the College Basketball Classic. We haven't back tested the model yet on those uh, tournaments, so stay tuned for that. All right, let's get into the uh, first four uh, action here for Wednesday. Notre Dame Rutgers, very intriguing game. I know I'm being a homer here, but I think the Scarlet Knights are going to swallow them up. I think defensively, their intensity is going to be too much for Notre Dame to handle. You got a tremendous player in Ron Harper Jr. Geo Baker makes shots from the outside. I love the way Cliff Amayuri's playing inside. And to me, Rutgers is being a little underappreciated by the by the line here. Yeah, I'm all in on Rutgers as well. Like the angle. Ron Harper Jr. isn't a guy. That's going to go down without a fight. No. And this Rutgers team, they passed the eye test. Uh, just, you know, kind of watching them. Uh, I, I really like what I've seen out of the Scarlet Knights so far. And especially how things didn't go great for them, at, you know, in the, in the conference tournament. I think they're going to have a little chip on their shoulder. And I think they're going to bring some intensity to this game. Yeah. And I like the total to go under as well, just because of Rock the way that Rutgers yeah. plays defense. I'm telling you now, again, call me a homer. I am a Jersey guy. I'm a Rutgers yeah. guy, but 
I'm taking them against Alabama in the second round. Too. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. We did our live bracket. And, I, and maybe I just I'm a I'm a PA guy. So my inclination is to make fun of uh, New Jersey. No yeah. offense oh, to Ryan wow. oh. and to Scott. A couple two, Jersey, two Jersey guys. guys here. Relax. <laughs> but, you know, the fact that I, I just they kind of uh, they fit that paradigm of a team that, you know, again, they have one guy that they can put the game on, put the you know, put, he's going to put his team on his back. And I think they can make a run with them. Plus, Alabama has been so inconsistent oh this season. They're the, they can go out and beat Gonzaga in Seattle, which might as well have been a home game for Gonzaga, and then they'll lose to Georgia. So, oh, I know. <laughs> I don't know who they are. I mean, there's, it does feel like they're going to be a public selection to go down early because mm-hmm. I, I think it, you know they're a high-variance team, and, and when you have those high-variance teams, it scares me because – it's going to, I feel like whoever wins Notre Dame or Rutgers, we're going to have a, a fairly public opinion on them sure. taking down Alabama. So as a contrarian, that terrifies me. What about the winner of the playing game from tonight, Indiana going up against St. Mary's catching three boy, St. Mary's. Uh, it it kind of feels like they're going to have a home crowd uh, out there in Portland. Uh, I, I would lean St. Mary's. Uh, maybe I, I kind of just want to fade the big 10. I kind of mm. coming into this tournament on principle, I feel like they're they're being a little overvalued. So yeah, I, I think for to start, St. Mary's is the side I would take. Does there. the travel concern you for Indiana going from Dayton to Portland? I mean, it's certainly not a short trip, and for St. Mary's, it, it's obviously a much shorter trip. And, and again, yeah, I mean, looking at the number, uh, laying only two and a half. Uh, this is a St. Mary's team that can play. Like they they played, they went toe to toe with Gonzaga. So I'm all over uh, the Gales here. Yeah. So. I'm, I'm going the other way. I like Indiana. I like what we saw out of Indiana to close mm-hmm. out the uh, conference tournament. Again, they kind of hit a wall there, but I, I think they're a team that's gotten better as the season, uh, you know, as the season's gone along, especially late there. Loved them laying three and a half, loved them laying four uh, tonight. So yeah, I, I, Indiana with the points plus money. I'm, I'm on Indiana here. Yeah. I played them on the money line tonight. I was afraid of laying the four and a half. Uh, got yeah. a little, it got a little closer at the end. Yeah, oh, I, yeah. I was, you know, for money line, I was fine. Uh, I didn't care about laying the juice there, <laughs> um, but I think that Indiana is absolutely live against St. Mary's. Um, the whole thing about this West Coast Conference, it's like Gonzaga beats up on everybody. Yeah. St. Mary's has a ton of international players, which they do every single year. So, yeah, there's not much known about these guys. But what do we know from their competition this year? The one win against Gonzaga, we're going to say this is a great team, yep. right? Because they beat Gonzaga <laughs> one time. If I'm not saying that's, I'm the not case, saying that's the case, Alabama's a great team. <laughs> guys, Alabama's a great team. They beat Gonzaga. Well, and, and, you know, they are really the thorn in Gonzaga's yes. side. They're like, someone has to beat Gonzaga yes. in yeah. conference once a year, an annual tradition. There. Yeah, and, and uh, look, San Francisco was good this year, so there's better yeah. competition as well. Um, but I'm just not buying in on St. Mary's. I'm going to ride with Mike Woodson and, and go with Indiana here because a team from the first four, with the exception of one year, has always won a first-round game. Yep. Ryan Kramer, Sean Green from the Sports Gambling Podcast in studio with me, Scott Seidenberg. We'll talk about which number one seed goes down first. Coming up next here on The Look Ahead here on VSIN. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. The college basketball season is in full swing. Grab a five-hour energy to stay alert to watch all your favorite games. Or if you stayed up late to see that intense overtime game, take a five-hour energy shot in the morning so you can energize your day. 
with zero sugar and an unbeatable blend of vitamins, nutrients, and caffeine. It's the perfect pick-me-up for getting stuff done. Go to 5hourenergy.com to find over 15 flavors to choose from with flavors like grape, tropical burst, cherry, blue raspberry, and more. There's a flavor for everyone. Get a 5-hour energy today. Scott Sadenberg back here with you, joined in studio by the guys from the Sports Gambling Podcast, Ryan Kramer, Sean Green, the SGP guys, as I call them, Sports Gambling Podcast Network, uh, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, right? You got that it. That is the website. And you look at that merch. Oh, yeah, look right here. Merch. Look I at mean, this. That is a fine-looking cap, folks. And he's wearing it the right way, too. Right? <laughs> yeah, he's wearing no backwards hat. No here. backwards hat. We don't like quarterbacks with backwards hat. We don't like uh, analysts. Oh, Baker Mayfield, look yeah. out. <laughs> He's going to first Colin Coward, now yes, Scott. Look, exactly. It's coming for you. Let's, uh, I want to know about your strategy when it comes to filling out a bracket because this is what I do, and, and I've let it be known. I've said it all, all week on this show. As soon as the bracket comes out on Sunday, I print it out, and I just fill it out with my gut. I don't look at any point spreads. I don't – and no analysis. I don't even look at the sights of the games. <laughs> I just fill it out, just whatever I think. I fold it up. I put it away. I don't look at it again until after Wednesday night when I fill out an actual bracket after doing all the research and talking to all the experts. And then I just compare the two and I see where I was, you know, aligned or where I had a different outcome. And then I look at the games that I had a different outcome and I say, why did my gut tell me to pick this team? And then I figure out who I wanted to play. In my gut bracket, boys. <laughs> I like it. Final already. four of Duke, Villanova, Kansas, and UCLA. Is my gut crazy? I mean, UCLA. I love UCLA. We <laughs> they came back for a reason. I think every, I think a lot of people's gut gut would lead them there. Uh, as far as Kansas, I, Bill Self, that to me, my gut would tell me to run. That that's where my <laughs> okay, gut would disagree. Okay. I, okay. I, I, I don't know. What do you Bill think? Self, final four. <laughs> I, I'm going against it. But again, I do have Villanova and UCLA in my final four. And again, I'm like you, Scott. I have a mix of I, I gut handicap, but then it's like, oh, I got to look at the numbers. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, one of our betting commandments was when you're actually picking the team to win it all, look at a team that's going to be top 20 in offense and defensive efficiency. And there's only a handful of teams, uh, you know, that can do that. You're your uh, Arizona's, your UCLA's, your Gonzaga's, and then you know, kind Kansas of work backwards is one of those teams. from there. Yeah, but then you know, you got Bill Self. Again, <laughs> that's a gut thing. You know, Tennessee, the numbers look great, but do you really want to pencil in Rick Barnes no. going all the way to the Final Four? So it's it, it, again, it's that balance of hey, what are the metrics? What are the numbers? Get a little crazy, but don't go too crazy. That <laughs> that's it's finding that balance because. If you're really going to hit on one of these things, and again, there's different strategies. Are you playing again? Know your competition. Are you going just going in the office? Uh, are you going up against a bunch of uh, Duke fans in your office in uh, mm -hmm. in, in the Carolinas? Or yeah are, yeah, are you looking to get the most points? Or are you looking yes. to be contrarian? Exactly. And so when everybody gets their favorite knocked out, you're the one that's left with the team. Yeah. Do you need to put like a game. Providence in the Final Four because there's so many entries? If you have Providence in the Final Four and they hit, you're going to win. Uh, you know, if you play it safe, the odds of hitting it right, uh, you know, you, you're kind of stacking against you. So know your bracket. I think it's kind of a simple thing, but uh, you know, will help you. So you mentioned looking at teams that are top in offensive and defensive efficiency, yeah. right? There's two two criteria that I look at when it comes to picking NCAA tournament teams. I look for veteran teams, teams that have. To me, I set my threshold at 80 percent. Teams that have 80 percent or more of their minutes returning from a season ago, and then 
I look at the top 10, 15, three-point shooting teams in the nation. Here is a list of the veteran teams, teams that had over 80% of their returning minutes. St. Mary's, Jacksonville State, South Dakota State, UCLA, Colorado State, Purdue, Chattanooga, Richmond, and Colgate. A couple of those are some very popular underdogs this this week. Three-point shooting teams, South Dakota State, Colgate, Purdue, Virginia Tech, Davidson, <laughs> Loyola, and Jacksonville State. If you noticed, there are four crossover teams that fit both of my criteria. Jacksonville State getting 16.5 against Auburn. South Dakota State against Providence, who it seems like everybody's picking, so the contrarian pick now might actually be Providence. Yeah, it's funny how they went from <laughs> you know? everyone's yeah. on Providence yeah. to no yeah. one wants to touch Providence. And then Colgate plus seven and a half. That line yep. opened up at nine, dropped down to seven and yeah. a half, and then Purdue getting ready to dominate Yale. Anything stand out to you about those metrics and those games? I love the angles. I think with South Dakota State, it does feel like we've reached a point where this is a historically low spread for a 413 matchup. We've never seen a two point spread. Two and a half has been the previous low. So, uh, like that one to me jumps out as I think that the Jackrabbits are going to be a really popular team. And I love to be contrarian. And I also love Providence because everything you describe about those returning minutes. Providence to me battle tested, right? Like we talk about the moment getting bigger. Well, Providence has had so many moments where they've been tested. They know how they're going to react when the game's on the line. So that would be the one that pops out to me is like, I, I would maybe say a not a Lee Corso, not so fast, but <laughs> Colgate. I love, I mean, I, yeah. I'm not even scared off the number move. No, I'm uh, again. I watch way too much uh, Patriot League uh, basketball this year, <laughs> and uh, I I was rooting for Lehigh. I'm from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I thought maybe they'd be a live dog in the tourney at fifty to one. Uh, it was you know the Patriot League tourney, of course, uh, <laughs> not the real tourney. So they You'll were always fun. Have the Duke game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and again they they ran into that Colgate team, and this Lehigh team was playing pretty well. They had a nice win over Army, and then they just got destroyed. By Colgate. I, I love the Colgate angle. I'm on Colgate. I, I think they're a live dog in that uh, round one matchup. And again, maybe I'm maybe I'm weighing it a little well, too much. Let's let's be fair. Johnny Davis looked terrible in yeah. the Big Ten tournament. Yeah. I don't know if he's still not right coming back from the injury, but he was awful in that game. And if he's not a hundred percent, yeah, Wisconsin's gonna have a tough time with Colgate. I mean, anytime a, sh- a team is an elite sharp shooting team like you're describing they're dangerous. They yeah. can get hot. I mean, we just watched my Hokies get hot and win the ACC tournament. Well, and and one of the uh, stats you had there returning minutes, UCLA again. I, I have UCLA winning it all. I love them at like twenty-five to one, thirty to one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Kramer keeps you know hammering that point of them like they came back for a reason. Yeah. And you can really build it a, a a pretty obvious case as to why they struggled in the regular season. Uh, they were maybe smelling themselves a little bit. They got some NIL deals. They had some injury stuff. But now it's like they are a team built for the tournament, uh, and and I think they're just setting up great here. I think also they realized at some point towards the end of the year that they're better off playing through Jaime Jaquez instead yes. of uh, Johnny Juzang. Yeah. And they're, 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 look at what they did against mm-hmm. Arizona. I mean, they, they, they were very competitive against arguably the best team in the country. Yeah. No, 100%. And that, and. I, you know, round one, I do like Akron in the points because I think Ali Ali is just uh, is just a guy that's going to get his and they're going to give them a handful. But uh, as far as them making a run, I, I do love UCLA there. All right. You mentioned the 14 uh, three matchups. So 12 five is the popular upset. 
It's happened the most, so that's why everyone says a 12 always beats a 5. However, in recent history, it's actually been those 413s that we've yeah. seen happen more often. So, of the 413s, Arkansas-Vermont, Illinois-Chattanooga, Providence-South Dakota State, UCLA-Akron. How many, if any, upsets do we see? I'll say one. one. Chattanooga. That, yeah. That's the one. I think Vermont and South Dakota State have turned into these popular dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I don't mind being contrarian on the other side. And uh, yeah, I just I, Chattanooga is. I mean, if you watched uh, them in their their conference tournament play, boy, they looked live. And again, I'm coming in with a little bit of a bias to fade the Big Ten. Illinois, don't mind don't mind putting them up on the, there, the fade block. There's a crazy number, and uh, Greg Peterson gave it out, and I I'm, I apologize for not knowing the exact number. But when Cabello's on the court, Illinois has a like a terrible record compared to when he doesn't play. Yeah. Like he is like a detriment to that team right now. Mm-hmm. So it's like you go with the Chattanooga in this matchup oh, yeah, against well. Illinois. I forget what the numbers are, but they were staggering. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I mean, I'm with Kramer. I mean, Chattanooga winning outright wouldn't shock me at all. I love them getting the seven and a half points mm-hmm. in this Illinois team. Yeah, again, go back to the gut instinct. I've lost way too much money on Illinois this year to like have them making any sort of run. And they just see, you know, they were disappointing performance against uh, Loyola last year in the tournament. They, they're just prime for uh, a disappointing year. All right, we got to talk about the first number one seeds to go down. We have to talk about your guys selection for the final four. And then let's talk about the numbers actually. Who's got the best value in terms of to make the final four? Because a week ago, could have got Villanova at six to one. Now it's down to three to one. So I'm over here kicking myself in the rear end because <laughs> they're a team that I've been on for, you know, I think I talked to both of you guys about it for the past month and a half or so. Anyway, Sean Green, Ryan Kramer, Sports Gambling Podcast, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Social handles, we'll put them on the screen. You guys can see them galore. I'm Scott Seidenberg. We will get into those odds coming up next to make the final four and to win the national title because I think I might be in on that UCLA 20. Let's go, bro. It's a really good number. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Ice cold beers, cold hard cash. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Just bet against Man U. Compete in 20 free to play pools this season for your shot at a share of $100,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Heineken now to start your run at victory. Heineken, beer made better. 21 and over only terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. Scott Satterberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead, joined in studio by the guys from the Sports Gambling Podcast, Ryan Kramer and Sean Green. And uh, before we get to which number one seed is going to go down first, let me ask you on, and, and Vatek comes to mind, and there's other teams that fit this mold as well, but what's your guys' philosophy on teams that made the run in the conference tournament. Do you buy in on them in the first round, thinking they're going to keep this momentum going? Or do you fade them thinking 
they just they're going to run out of gas. It took a lot to win maybe four games in four days or three games in three days and the pressure of having to win to get into the tournament. Uh, we had uh, one of our hosts join me last hour, Dave Ross, brought up the Syracuse year where they were not a tournament team. You know, McNamara gets hot. They run through the Big East tournament. They run out of gas. They get embarrassed in the first round. Vatek's one of those teams. How do we feel about those teams? I mean, I would ask you where Vatek profiles on that three-point list. <laughs> they because, are one of the top teams in the nation in three-point shooting. Wow, and I think they shoot their free throws all right. They play defense. So they profile to be a team that you like. Now, typically, I would tell you one of our betting commandments on March Madness is fade the teams who win the major conference tournaments, <laughs> especially the ones who are celebrating, especially the ones who are bringing confetti back to Blacksburg and throwing it up in the crowd. But especially as a, the ones who had they not won that championship game not, would be in the NRT. Uh, uh, did they have to reschedule the parade to work around the game one? Uh, is there going to be enough Gatorade to dump? Uh, I mean, it's funny. Cause like uh, that is like profile wise, the teams you should fade. However, uh, round one against Texas. I, to me, I'm taking Virginia tech, but it's more just a fade out of Texas mm. more than a, a, and Kramer brings up some solid points as far as like what Virginia tech can do and why they went on this little bit of a run. But for me taking them, you know, and the number is very small, but I, I am on Virginia tech over Texas, but again, it's more of a fade of Texas, but it, certainly you should be aware of these tournament teams that are again, you know, even in the NFL, you fade teams or college football, yeah. college sports, especially in general. If they're acting like they won their Super Bowl, <laughs> how are they going to get up for yeah. this next game? Yeah. And listen, Iowa is one of those teams as well. And you, Love guys, fading Iowa. you guys like taking Richmond on the money Ooh. line, not just with the points. Yes. Love the 100%. Spiders. Uh, again, I, I think, you know, again, I'm a, a Hokey fan, so I do think they're going to show up the makeup of the team is going to let them overcome this celebration. <laughs> but this. This Richmond team, they're taking on a Iowa team that was celebrating on another level. We had the the the, the father son thing going on. So yeah, I mean, I I just love the grit of this Richmond team. I love the run. They would. They, I mean, speaking of teams that went on a run, they mm -hmm. also went on a yeah. run. And I, I just love the grit of this team. I'm maybe I'm biased to that East Coast, Big East, A10 style of basketball, but. Uh, in these matchups versus the Big Ten, I just keep finding myself wanting to be on the other side. Let's talk about the first number one seed to go down. Right now, Baylor would be the favorite. You get plus 175 on Baylor to be the first number one seed to go down. Gonzaga at 4-1 to one is intriguing because let's say it's Memphis in the second round. Memphis is a team that for some reason, just doesn't play like what they should play on paper or when, what team that you think that you're going to see. But they are capable of beating anybody in the country if they actually play the way that you think that they're going to play. I don't know if I'll take the shot at the 4-1 to because I actually like Gonzaga to go a little further in this tournament. But which number one seed do you guys like to go down first? Yeah, I mean, I think Baylor is the, uh, you know, is, is, is priced correctly there at plus 175 because... Because uh, of the injuries and kind of of their path, but uh, I mean, screw it. Give me Gonzaga at four to yeah, one. Please, let's do because, it. Because <laughs> again, we've seen them come up small in big spots before. They should walk into the final four. I don't have them in my final four. Again, I'm kind of going contrarian because it is such a wide open field. And if it is pretty even between these 
Four one seeds. I'm gonna take Gonzaga at plus four hundred to get knocked off first. What do you think? Oh, Bill Self, one eighty five. Okay. <laughs> give, give me Kansas. Let's go. No, I mean I, 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 and Kansas again. I'm, I don't have any of these guys going super far, but why not take the four to one? Yeah, I think yeah, go for the best odds. Speaking of odds, odds to make the final four. Uh, we're, we both like Villanova. Villanova's at three to one now. That's down from like I said, the six to one that you could have had him at about a week ago. UCLA. Plus 450 to make it to the final four. Yes, please. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going to be on that as well. I think that Duke plus 400 is interesting. That's kind of like the same philosophy behind taking the plus 400 with Gonzaga to be the first number one to, to bounce out. Plus, there's just the storyline factor. You know, it's, come on. The refs are going to give them every call. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, taking a look down this list. UConn 15 to 1. Arkansas, 14 mm. to 1. You know, if we're looking at some good plus money value, anybody there that's intriguing to you guys? Arkansas is, is certainly interesting. I think when you look at the coaching, just master motivator, it's what you need in these types of tournaments. They seem to have a coaching staff that is capable of, of coming up with game plans. And, and I, I don't think their path is tremendously difficult. So, that's a fun stab, and I, you know, not on the list because they're even further down. But I'm, I'm high on Providence. Yeah, so. let's get a new sheet up for our Providence. <laughs> Thirty-five rise. to one That's to a, get to the final four. I mean, it, it's funny they were, you know, uh, I think they were eighty to one to win the tournament, and then they lose one game and look really bad in the in the conference tournament. All of a sudden, they're like a hundred, hundred fifty to one. Well, you know, everyone's bringing up the luck factor. Go to Ken Palm, yep. the luckiest team in the nation. They're they're winning all these games by one point and they're losing in the stats in all of these games. So like the true score yeah. has them losing all these games, yeah. but they wound up winning. Yeah, good thing they keep games. score. <laughs> so, yeah, good thing exactly. We keep the actual score of the ball going in the basket, not what should have been. So I guess there's a lot of, and people are picking them to lose in the first round. So. Yeah. So, but again, <laughs> uh, of a team, and again, like Kramer pointed out, they're not on that list, but a team <laughs> that could win four, maybe close games with an amazing coach. We always like to, especially after that first round win, great coaches are very good on quick turnaround. And you have two spots that you have to hit in order to get to the final four, right? So you have the Thursday to Saturday or the Friday to Sunday, and then you're going to have that again, a quick turnaround and great coaches. And I think Cooley has done a great job with this Friars team and gotten a lot of uh, respect and, uh, you know, adoration for good reason. Uh, I could definitely see them going on a run. They're a very fun dark horse to make the final four. So how about this? Let's say Richmond does beat Iowa. Now Providence gets by South Dakota State. They're going to have mm. an easy matchup. Scott, not, are you no are you holding my bracket? <laughs> now a matchup against Providence against yep. Richmond. They win that game right then and there. Forget about potentially seeing Kansas. Just right there, you cash plus four twenty five yeah. to make the Sweet Sixteen. No, oh, oh, give me that. Plus four twenty five to make the Sweet Sixteen. Let's go. Yeah, that's I mean, the bet. We've crafted a bet right now. I think we just crafted a bet. Yep. <laughs> Tell me about your guys' final four and any bets you've made so far for the future, futures market. Oh, final four, real Arizona, Gonzaga, UCLA, Providence. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I got UCLA beating Providence in the final. And what number did you get UCLA? 25 to 1 to win it all? 20, I mean, yeah, Sean, Sean I think, got 18, it as high as 30, 30 to 1. They're 18 to 1 now. Oh, that's. They must have been listening to the show because mm. yeah, win I mean, win bet the uh, presenting sponsor in our show. They had them at thirty to one. I thought that was an amazing number. I'm on UCLA to win it all. I have them beating Villanova. 
The other couple teams I got in my final four, Texas Tech and Providence. Wow. No, no number one seeds in my final four. Again, I'm a bit of a maniac. The brackets are fun for a reason. My real money is going to be bet on these individual games, but the two futures I have, and I got them both, uh, like I said, UCLA, like 30 to one uh, Villanova. I don't know what you guys are showing right now for it, but uh, Villanova at like 22 to one, 25 to one. I yeah, think it's four, a great price. 14 to one to win the title right now. Villanova. Oh, wow. Okay. So Steam. there you go. Yeah. I think some of these sweet 16 bets are really interesting. Providence at 425 to make the sweet 16 yes. is very very interesting. Arkansas plus 140. We'll see. Uh, even though I'm definitely going to bet Rutgers after Rutgers beats Notre Dame on Let's go. Wednesday night. I am going. That's that's my pick for Wednesday night. Scarlet Knights. You guys are riding with me on that, right? 100%. Awesome. Maybe. Oh, <laughs> maybe. Kramer right. going against Jersey. I'm a, I'm a Jersey yeah. guy. I don't know if I can trust them. Real quick, tell the people where they can find you. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com and, and anywhere you find great podcasts. Absolutely. Yes. And make sure, uh, make sure to check out the SGPN app in the app store. We're doing a March madness handicapping contest open to anyone. You start with 10,000 credits oh, and uh, no yeah, exactly. <laughs> $2,500 to the first place winner, 500 to the second, completely free to enter. Scott, you can enter. Anyone can enter. And, uh, you know, I don't want to be enter because then I lose. I get embarrassed. <laughs> right, Sean Green. You're going to win 2,500. Guys from the Sports Gambling Podcast. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN.